John chapter 6, he's feeding the 5,000, he goes to the other side of the lake, all the 5,000 follow him because they're hungry and they're like, this dude can do some great tricks, man. We had to work for our food last year and like, he's just busting out loaves. I mean, like, this is a good guy. This, if he's the savior, I'll go with that. You know, like if he's the Jesus of prosperity, whew, we'll do this. You know, if he's the Jesus of all or nothing, I don't know. And so he basically turns around to all these people that are like, hey, uh, Moses gave us manna. What you got? You know, like, he goes, he goes, I am that manna. He goes, what are you kidding me? The point was me. It wasn't about the provision. That's what he turns around and says. It's not even about the, you, you're, you think it's exciting that Moses had manna? He goes, I am the bread of life that comes down from heaven. That was a picture of me being your provider. You would rely on me not for a week, for day to day to day to day. That you would never want yesterday's manna. Haven't you heard the sermon? Everyone in the Pentecostal church has preached it. Come on. Like, he was the manna. He was the fresh bread that came from heaven. And so then he like blows their mind and he says this crazy thing just to mess with them. Jesus would say things just to see where your heart was. He would say things just to reveal where your heart was not. And he looks at them and he goes, I tell you what, you want bread? You want bread? Oh, so you want bread. He goes, I tell you, if you want to be a part of me, you got to drink my blood and eat my flesh. There's some bread. Take that. Bread? You want bread? Eat my flesh. Drink my blood. Bread. That's what you want. Bread? I am that bread. Eat my flesh. Drink my blood. You know, Jesus is like, that's what I got. After he says this, verse 60, he says, therefore, many of his disciples, when they heard this, said, this is a hard saying. Who can understand it? When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples complained about this, he said, does this offend you? What then if you should actually see the Son of Man ascend where he was before? Is a spirit who gives life, the flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit, they are life, but there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were who did not believe and who would betray him. And he said to them, therefore I said to you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted to him by the Father. In verse 66, from that time many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. I thought it was interesting, just coincidental, that I, I just thought it was interesting that the, the verse number is John 666. I just thought that was awesome. Because like John 666, John 666 is all about what it took to offend someone enough to walk away from Jesus. John 666, what could Jesus say to me that would offend me so much that I would never walk with him again? I've learned from eight years of ministry, nobody is safe. Nobody. You can have your theology of once saved, always saved, and this thing and that thing, and I've been spirit baptized. I speak in tongues, or me and God, I I still talk to... uh, You can have whatever the thing is. I used to lead worship. I used to be a preacher. I used to blah, blah, blah. Nobody's safe. Nobody's safe. It's not like you get saved and the devil goes, oh, hands off. Well, I guess we'll have to go after someone else. No, he goes, I'll take that one. Because he thinks, I already had you when you were lost. It's more pleasure to take you when you found and you can have all these thoughts and all these things, but I've watched eight years of ministry, and even beyond that, I was, I've been in the church since I was a baby. I've watched that no one's safe. I've seen, I've seen the pastor walk away. I've seen the worship leaders walk away. I've seen the person that led this ministry walk away. I've seen the person that knew how to pray walk away. I've seen the people filled with the Holy Spirit walk away. I've seen the evangelist walk away. I've seen your mom walk away. I've seen your dad walk away. I've seen your whole family walk away. I've seen everybody walk away. And guess what? They all walked away because of offense. Something was said or something was challenged in their spirit and they decided this is too much. This is a hard saying. I can't deal with this. In America, we still think the church is Baskin and Robbins. We still think we can go, mm, I don't know, too loud, too quiet, 
too white, too black, too whatever. You know, this church is too charismatic. This church, is, and we still have forgotten, God, what do you want? God, where do you want me? God, what do you desire? Because when we start asking those questions, he will respond and it will be offensive. He actually says, you know what they used to call me? <laughs> the rock of offense. <laughs> and they're like, that's cool. What's that mean? <laughs> this guy's getting a little weirder every day, you know? <laughs> Because Jesus was always like, you thought you knew me, you don't know anything yet because I'm going to go deeper, 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 deeper into the core of who you are. Because if you're with me, I need you to pick up your cross and follow me. And when you pick up the cross, nobody ever puts it down unless they're on it. No one gets to pick up the cross, lay it down for a time because it won't work. You never, you can't, you're in for life, but no one picks up the cross until they realize they're in for life. Like what I'm saying is, God takes us through all these offenses, and then we finally can pick up the cross. A lot of us go, I picked up my cross. I got born again. You looked at the cross. You even liked it. You got your picture taken next to the cross. So it was great. You show all your friends. You got baptized next to the cross. You, you know, you're having church next to the cross. You touched the cross one time. You signed your name on the cross. You know, you did the whole bit, but you won't pick it up until you're dead. Until you actually realize, I have no will of my own. I have no decisions of my own. I have no preference of my own. I have no plans of my own. I have no future of my own. I have no family of my own. I have no church of my own. I have no house of my own. I don't own a car that's my own. Anything and everything that I am, every, I don't have emotions that are my own. I don't have desires that are my own. I don't even have thoughts that I can say I own. These guys walked with Jesus for, could have been two and a half years. They walked with Jesus. For years, they walked with Jesus. For years, when people saw them, it was like, oh, wow, you're from Deliverance Bible Church. You're a pastor out there. And these guys were like that. They were identified with the system of Jesus. They were identified with the progress of Jesus. They were like, oh, you were with Jesus last night. He healed the guy that couldn't see. I remember you're one of his guys. You go to his church. That's awesome. You're with him. And then they see that same guy a year later, and they're like, what happened? What happened? Why, why aren't you? What happened? Oh, man, that, that whole Jesus thing. I just, I don't know. I just, I just don't do that anymore. You know, he, he got a little weird at the end, you know? Like, he was cool when it was cool, but then he was, like, not cool, and it just wasn't cool. You know, it was like, he just got kind of, you know, he was like a fanatic. Like, we, we thought he was cool, and then he got fanatical. Like, when he was in the Word, and he was, like, quoting Isaiah, we could do that. But then he got, like, weird, and he started getting like extreme. And he started talking about like dying. And you know what they did to that guy? You saw him, he got crucified or something. They're like, but he got up. Oh, uh, he did? You know, oh, I wish I would have stayed with him. And you have this huge multitude of disciples that all walked away the minute Jesus pushed the button that they didn't ever want to get pushed. So you have to ask yourself right now, what is the thing that Jesus could ask of me, require of me, Tell me, say to me, that would offend me in such a way that I would walk away. Who needs to die in your life that you would say, well, now I can't trust God? Who, who needs to get sick and get cancer and you go, well, I, can't, I can't. I thought I believed in God and now I can't. What job do you need to lose that you'd say, well, now I don't know if God's my provider. Now I, I just don't know if I can trust this. What does Pastor Cleus need to say not correctly or if I use the wrong word or if I say crap or, you know, whatever, whatever the thing is or if I speak in tongues too much or if I don't speak in tongues, what's the thing that will make you get so offended that you'll walk away 
either from here or you'll walk away from Jesus. What's the thing? What if Jesus says, guess what? I'm totally into predestination, and your brother, he ain't doing so good. Are you going to go, well, then, then I, I can't believe in a God like that. Well, guess what? Paul asked the same questions. Paul's like, God, hook me up. Like, I got to understand this. God responds with, who are you, oh man, to talk back to God? Paul's like, I'm just asking a question. No, you're asking because you have a motive. What if God, you know, comes back and he, and he says, well, you know, Holy Spirit, all, I don't know, he's not, he's not like you thought, or he's more than you thought, or what, whatever it is, or the second coming, there's not really a tribulation, it's just allegory, or it's not allegory, it's all really, whatever it is, what is it that he could unveil that you'd go, I'm out, I'm out. Now, I'm not saying that God would unveil untruthful things, because he's true, but what I mean is, what are the things that you believe that maybe God doesn't believe? I had a friend that used to come here, and I knew God was wanting to use him, I just knew it. We're talking one night, and I kept saying, God, I know that guy right there, that, that outcast of the outcast. Like, that guy, doesn't, he doesn't fit with anybody, but God, you're gonna, you want to use that guy. And so I'm praying about him one night while he's in church, and he comes to me, and he says, I feel like God wants to use me. And I said, "That's man, it's just all over me. I know God wants to just do something big with you. And he said, I feel like God wants me to, um, to be a missionary. And I go, man, that's just, that really clicks in my spirit. Like, I think you could do it. I don't, you know, and he's like, well, I don't think anyone would, I mean, they're going to think I'm crazy. Like, God doesn't think you're crazy. And then he says this, but I do not want to go to Africa. And I said, that's probably where God wants you to go. I go, I don't know, but that's probably what he's going to ask you. If, that, if that's what your reservation is, that's, like the, that's, your, that's the thing in your back pocket that he better not ask me. I said, that's probably what's going to come up. Well, guess what? He walked away from the Lord. All because he was scared to death that God would actually ask him that question. So what he decides is if he clogs his ears, that God will never ask him, even though God already asked him. And he said no because he clogged his ears. Some people are convinced. I know people that were in ministry, even in this church, that were fiery ministers. And they've decided that the stakes of following God were so big that they will clog their ears. They'll still be Christians. They're like, well, that's just, that's something I used to do. And now me and, me and God are cool. You know, like, he doesn't ask me much anymore. You know, I think I'm cool. But guess what? God already asked them something and it offended them to where they walked away. People that are on fire for Jesus that have got over the offenses, they've died. They have picked up their cross. They're ready for the long haul, whether they lose money, whether they lose friends, whether they lose their children, their parents, their wife, their husband, whatever. They're going. These people that sit in the church to be refilled walk out the doors and they go, now is the time for the harvest to be picked. I am a harvester and it's time for me to go because that's my purpose. I have died and the only way I live is to do the things of God. And so you walk out these doors every Sunday, every Tuesday, whatever you come for, you walk out the doors never for yourself, you walk out there for them. Then there's the other group of people. And I don't know if you've ever tried to get a cat to take a bath. They hear the water. They've seen the tiles. They're like, I know this place. I know. And it can be the smallest cat, but they're going to be like, and they're going to grab the doorways. And they're going to, you know, and they're going to hold those doorways. See, the rest of the chores get to the door and we get right there. And we go, you know, not only do we not go, we block others from going. Because what we do, we get to the door and go, but I got problems. <laughs> oh, I know you're going to go get the lost, but I got problems, you know. Who's going to pay my rent? Who's going to take care of me? I lost so much. My dad died. My mom died. Uh, 
And these are legitimate problems, but guess what? You're talking to people that are dead. Because if they really could say something back, they go, you lost something? <laughs> guess what I lost? Everything. That's why I'm going. I don't have anything anymore. You need your rent paid? Take my money. I don't care. Do you think this matters to me anymore? Oh, you don't have a car? That's so sad. Here's the keys. It doesn't matter anymore. Like, like you're on the wrong perspective, and not only are you not going, you're keeping us from going. And you know, if you stay in that doorway long enough like that, I will, will finally kick you out the door. <laughs> we want to help you, but I believe the person that got born again yesterday can change the world. And every once in a while, you got to take a pit stop and say, I got some issues, help me. But it's not so you can lay down and we'll take care of you. This is not a bedroom, you know? This is the place where we torch beds, you know? We, we, we say, no, there's no time. There's no time. I know this is so anti, like, today's preaching that you're supposed to, like, you know... I, I hear more preaching today about how we should relax. I hear so many sermons how we should just not be so religious, you know? We just shouldn't be so uptight, you know? We, we, shouldn't, we shouldn't be, like, shoving the gospel down people's throat, we should be patting them on the back on their way to hell, you know? Because we don't want to be offensive. We don't want to offend them. We don't want to change them. We don't want to see them hear the truth. Because then they'd have to deal with it. But what if they walk away? They've already walked away. They already are on their way to hell. You can't make hell worse for them. But guess what? Maybe they'll turn back. In Psalms 2.8 God promises Jesus this. Ask of me and I'll give you the nations as your inheritance, right? So then Jesus shows up and he says, look at the harvest. But we don't have any um, harvesters. And, and everybody on the spot could have gone, God, uh, Jesus, the father said, all you got to do is ask and he'd give it to you. Like, we don't have to actually go. He told you, if you just ask, he'll give it to you. Just ask. <laughs> you know. And Jesus is like, this is how I asked I said, God, would you give us a harvest that I can raise some people up and we'll go get it? And they're all like, ugh, you know, like, you could have just, you know, asked. Well, then he dies and he opens a door for all men to be saved. You look at Acts chapter 10, you see that everybody gets in that wants to come in. He ends in Mark 16 by saying, go, preach the gospel to every creature, go out and get the nations. Go to the nations. They could have on the spot said, okay, first of all, you could have asked. Second of all, you just died for this whole thing. Now is really a good time to ask because you could just have it. Instead, you're asking 12, which maybe even 120. You're asking us to go read 6 billion people. That is not a good plan, Jesus, when God could have just given you the nations if you would have just asked. Jesus says, that's not how I roll. I do it this way. I ask that we can co-labor, and I believe that I want to take the gospel one at a time out into the nations, and I'm going to receive the nations like that. Well, guess what? You go over to, I think it's Matthew. Jesus is in the desert, and the devil shows up, right? The devil steps in and says, guess what? The nations have been given to me. Not only them, but all their stuff. It's been given to me. You'll just kneel down and worship me. I'll just give you the nations. I'll just hand, you can just have them. Jesus decides to not get the nations the way the world and Satan wants the nations. We're in an age right now where the church is asking the world how to harvest the crops. We, we, I hear sermons that are like, well, for years we've been preaching the gospel and we've only seen a 10% return. So what we decided to do is ask people that hate Jesus how they would come to Jesus. 
And we've decided that the way the church is reaching the lost is not really a great idea, even though Jesus did it like that. We, this whole evangelism, street preaching, that's just so old school. What we do now is we ask them what their roadblocks to Jesus are. And we try to tell them, you know what, we got the same roadblocks. And me and you, if we bleed, we get cut, we both bleed. It's like we're the same, you know? Because we don't want to take the gospel to them like Jesus would take the gospel. We want to take the gospel how the world would take the gospel. When Jesus was offered the exact same thinking, he said, get behind me, Satan. You shall worship God and God alone. So we have a choice, you know? We can do it the way God likes it, or we can do it the way the world likes it. And the world's way, will never, it will never make it. And every time we go out and we do it the way Jesus likes it, it not only will offend others, but it will offend us. And every time we get offended, we get to choose to either be a little bit more like Jesus or to walk away one more time.